Hello and welcome back to another episode. No, it's not recording yet. Well, okay, it's just recording now. It was recording on my screen. I'm oh, leaving that. Sorry, You're an idiot. On mine, it said Will is starting to record. What are you looking now it at? Says... What are you looking at? It was clearly recording. It wasn't on mine, so oh, I just nobody. But, but I'm looking at it, Dave. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. This is like the first ever unreleased episode where I said to you, I said you should. And I said, oh, well, hello, move to the round I'm with here with Dave, and you and you went, yep, Dave Harris, blues fat. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, Mr. Pod Ross, Ross Bird. Good evening. A live studio audience claps it. Um, no claps for our following guest, it's Mr. Dave Harris. I will. Um, ladies and gentlemen, me, Dave, and and Mike spent along with some other people. We're in we're in Barcelona, so we've come back with colds. Um, we will talk about the trip because it's an interesting football thing that came out of it that I want to bring up. Um, but Mike is not here. Mike's cold goes a bit beyond the cold. We were in Barcelona. We we're walking down the street, weren't we, Dave? Um, yeah. The big street in Barcelona. It's called El Road. Um, <coughs> we get down there. Um, snake comes out, takes out both of Mike's eyes. Luckily, me and Dave, enough about us, athletes, unlike Mike. And we can club off this snake and we managed to get rid of it. Um, now, we were trying to get Mike back on the flight, but you can't go back on a flight without a mask. And Mike was trying to use it to cover up his now defunct eyes instead of his nose. So he's had to stay in. But we're hoping he should be back next week. Tough times, wasn't it, Dave? Here's one I want to ask you, Dave. Mm-hmm. And I want us to feed back to Ross Bird on this. The new camp is yeah. a shed. Yeah, it's it was it looked almost run down from the outside. Like inside was better. But even then, some of the parts of the ground, like Jesus. It's like a it's like a top five shed, though. Like I'll give it that. But here's what I wanted to say. The scale of the shed's impressive. But it- yeah, here's what I wanted to ask. If you went to like Liverpool or Manchester, right, as a as a attendee from like Spain, you're not a fan of these clubs. Would you go to the? Would you go on a stadium tour of those clubs? I'm really not sure. I, I think oh, genuinely only if you were a fan. Like I I don't know why you. I guess it's the same as us. It depends who you support. Do you think? Well, I guess I've never been to any of these grounds, so I wouldn't. I've never been to any in the. I've never been to Anfield or Old Trafford, whatever. No, but I've been to games there, but I've I've never been to a tour. If you were, if you were like Jorge from Cadiz, do you think you're popping over to? I mean, you're probably not going to Liverpool anyway. Do you think if you're going to Manchester or something, are you thinking to yourself, "I'm going to make a trip to Salford to go and see this thing"? Um, to be totally honest, Will, you're not going to like this. There are only two I can see people definitely wanting to go to would be Man United and Liverpool. No, I'm with, I'm with you. They've got the most trophies. They're the only two I'd go to if you if you're in this situation. But I don't think anyone would go to them. No, neither do I. But I was saying if you were even going to contemplate it, those two are probably the the likely two. 
Mm-hmm. I just think it's a weird thing to do. Anyway, I um, thoroughly um, didn't enjoy my tour through the Barcelona Museum. Honestly, well, I was amazed you decided to turn up. Ross, you never heard such negativity. He walked inside. <laughs> not surprised. He even saw a Scotty Pippen Barcelona basketball jersey from when he was there, and even that didn't stop just, him from no, being negative. I mean, that was that was the only the, the basketball ones were the only legitimate trophies in there. Um, we turned oh. up, Ross, and they, they tried to make me take. They made us. They, you go in and they make you take pictures with. At the front, as if as if you want to remember your unhappy times there, and and they make you do these different poses. And the very last one, um, they made you hold a scarf. I refused to hold the scarf. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like how many times do you want to play the Iniesta goal, like um, four or five times during the tour? It was outrageous. Um, and I did think, Dave, like they they're obviously they they made a big deal out of Messi, but they didn't make a big deal out of their best player performing the Champions League ever, which is a verbo. Um, I was surprised to not see his locker <laughs> in there. Um, but yeah. You'll be pleased to know, Ross, that I, was, I enjoyed pointing out all the various parts on um, the pitch where Mikel outplayed Xavi. So. Let me tell you, there's quite a lot of places, as it turned <laughs> I'm not, out. I'm not too surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, well, there was a... There was, there was a uh, if if I could have found a, a tour guide who spoke English to take on board my suggestions of a Ramirez statue, I, I think I would have done that. Um. <coughs> anyway, that's a uh, that's the night's preamble out the way, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we're flying here, aren't we? Um, talk amongst yourselves while I find the topics for this week. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> okay, no, let's start with a little one. Um, let's start with a little one before we go in. Good question for the two of you. Like, I saw a, a TikTok going around, which is quite often how I consume a lot of football content now. And the guy on it was saying, "What's your hot? What's your one football hot take that no one can convince you otherwise?" So, like, it doesn't have to be like right. Like this guy's one was that he hasn't given up on who hadn't he given up on? He hadn't given up on like Louis Zahar or something. He still thought that Louis Zahar could have been just like this absolute world beater or something. I mean, Zaha's better than what people act like he was, but I can't get behind that he was an absolute world beater. Yeah. Christ. And I, I think I think the one I finally landed on is that if John Obi Mikel was around now, <laughs> oh, people, people, people would think he was just this unstoppable force. Because I watched Jorginho and I'm like, he's Mikel without legs. Yeah, I've heard you pull that take out of the bag a few times. Every now and then he'd play a raking pass, but mainly it was just breaking up play and putting it from side to side. And Jorginho doesn't even do that half the time. I don't remember anything about Mikel, so I wanted to back whatever you're saying about him, to be fair. If you don't remember anything about Mikel, let me fill you in for what it was like. (laughs) Pictures of Zidane. Sisters Dad crossed with Pirlo, crossed with Raquel. <laughs> oh, what a play. You've just said what he does is break up the play <laughs> and knock it from side to side. No, that is actually criminally underselling him. He won an international um, tournament in the number 10 role. Like, Messi had to be shifted so, out. So that may be an unknown fact to the, to the listeners, but uh, <laughs> anyone who knows well has heard that one a few times before. <laughs> He won an international tournament before Messi did. <laughs> okay. 
Um, Ross, yours is that you think Walcott's a world beater. Yeah, I was going to say. But I mean, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> I don't think Walcott was a world beater. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, no, Walcott was better than people have given him credit for. Your one is either Walcott or Welbeck being better. Than but Welbeck's actually getting a lot of credit from people now. <coughs> Does that upset you? You're feeling very hipsterish. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy he's getting credit. Yeah. Dave, what's yours? Joe you know what, Well, You're not like this at all. Fuck it out. Because I, I just know that you're going to despise yeah. this taste. I think that Arsenal's Invincibles could could still mix it today. The way they moved the ball and stuff take? was way ahead of their time. Way ahead of their time. I think when you look at Ferguson's team, when you look at Ferguson's teams, Will hates the Invincibles. So. Yeah, but when you look at Ferguson's teams and a lot of them... <laughs> The, oh, yeah, Dave. the way they defended and stuff, Dave, I think Dave, they were way ahead of their time. I genuinely think they were way ahead of their time, the way they played football. <laughs> this is a, right, okay. Fine, well, I had another one. I actually had two. No, 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 I want to, I want to, tackle, I want to tackle this one first. Well, I have one that this one might upset you even more. I don't, let me, let me do this one first. I, it's not that, it's nothing to do with the Invincibles. I don't think any team from that era you can you can take your treble winning United you can take your Chelsea or 4 or 5 none of them could mix it now they don't have the the game has changed the science of the game has moved on so much more players are fitter players are more technically gifted than ever before the levels are higher I don't think there's a player in a squad today in the Premier League of the calibre of Thierry Henry and I think Thierry Henry could mix it now but I think across the board and the way football's played and the way the game's controlled is, is light years better now. I mean, go and watch a game from my former Yeah, go no, I don't think you're right. Go and, go, go and really watch a game. And the technical quality is, is so far ahead. Um, <coughs> yeah, and I think a lot of the time nostalgia gets in the way of thinking these things. Yeah. Give me a second one, Dave, and... Well, you might not think it's that controversial. It depends how, how much you value other international teams. I think Brazil from 1994 to 2004 are by far and away the best international team there's ever been. It's not even close. Not even close. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a 10-year span. Yeah, where they won two World Cups and three Copa yeah, Americas. But is that a hot take? You know, wait, hold on, though. Because some people cling to Spain. Is it and even... other areas. Yeah but, yeah, but the reason they cling to Spain was the Spain the Spain starts in 2008, they win in 2010, and then they win in 2012. So, realistically, it was one continuous team. From 19, 1994 to 2004, Brazil would have changed who played in the team drastically. The people playing at the front end are not playing at the back end. There's, the major yeah, stars but, are still there, but they're not like Spain, where Spain had that one consistent side all the way through and changed the way that people were playing football. Well, I could have come on here and said Chelsea 04 05 would have been the best Prem team of all time. I contested it just because I said it. Oh, no, because also it's not true. I know it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> It's like me. It's like when anyone tries to say that. Like, it's like the whole Lampard, Jeff, and Skulls debate versus like Kevin De Bruyne now. Like, 
like it's very difficult to compare the two because they're cross eras. They were asked to do different stuff. I mean, the only thing that is absolutely certain is that Gerard's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bad Liverpool players, what a segue! Well, that's that is just superb. Right, um, this is uh, this is actually this whole episode we were going to do Liverpool downfall. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually one of the things we've been actually right about a long time ago before I managed to get it wrong again. Um, so they played Arsenal at the weekend. It was three two. We'll start with um, we'll start with the referee. Then we'll talk about the Arsenal quickly. But the meat of the discussion, I think, has to be Liverpool because, good lord. <laughs> um, so a lot of controversy seems to be after the fact with the yeah. referee. Three points here that I want to get your take. Four points actually. I want to get your take. First is the Gabriel non-penalty, which is from the handball. The second, yeah. the second is the should Simicus have stayed on the field, and the uh, I want to also talk about the penalty that was given. And then the last one I want to ask is the the one which I can't even believe is being discussed really, and that is the follow-through from Martinelli on Trent. Okay, <laughs> so let's start with the Gabriel handball. What did you guys make of that? It's not a penalty. No, I don't think so. It comes off his chest, right yeah. off his arm. Yeah. Oh, what, how on earth is he supposed to counteract yeah. that first? If okay. And, I, and it that. didn't seem that controversial, as you say, well, until after the game had finished. Uh, and everyone's talking well, about it. Well, I think both Tyler and Neville thought it was a penalty at the time from their commentary, even after they'd seen it. Um, so I think the, the, com- the, the problem for me with this is I don't actually think that's a penalty. Um, first and foremost, but I also think there's there was this fairly similar penalty, little different, but it didn't. It also didn't travel very far in the um, in the Newcastle game where Brentford got given a penalty, and I was looked at that and I thought, I'm not sure why they're giving that. <coughs> anyway, we're all pretty much agreed, I think, on this one. Second one, <coughs> the Simakas, um elbow slash absolute manhandling of Saka. Uh, I was surprised he didn't get into trouble for this. Were you? I was too. Yeah. 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 And, and he committed multiple fouls throughout uh, the game. I, well, I was. I said. I said to. I was watching a game with my dad, and I said to dad, I, I think he should. He probably needs to sub him. Um. Right. Let's talk about the, the penalty decision that Arsenal got. This one to me felt like if it been give, if it hadn't been given. It wouldn't they have been. Have it. They wouldn't have given it on yeah. far. So it was kind of like a 50-50 one. Mm-hmm. But it's one of these ones that I actually think is always going to happen in a game of football. But having VAR there makes it worse because it's still objective. So it just made me go, oh, please for the life of me, someone talk on the microphone now and explain why it's been given. Not Peter Walton. Someone said to Paul. I read the situation the same as you two. I mean, I thought it was a penalty, um, but I thought, yeah. was, I thought, it, I, I could see why you'd give it, but I, if it, they hadn't given it, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I thought it was quite soft. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> soft doesn't mean it's not a penalty. Um, and then the last one, oh, what was it? Uh, the Martinelli follow-through on. Uh, oh, yeah, that is, what do you guys think? Pretty bad. I don't think it was too bad. Did we watch it in real time, Dave? 
I, I did. I just thought it was high more than anything. I mean, it's one of those to me where you see them given. What's a red card? Like, mm, I feel like I feel like it's one of those. To be honest, where the slow mo image that does the rounds yeah, way worse than it felt at the time. Well, I but having said that, I have seen I have seen similar given reds. So I, I was like, if it's a red, I understand. But it wasn't one of those tackles where I'm screaming that, that he has to go for that. It was it was up for contention. To be fair, I didn't think it. I thought it was. I, th- I thought the the slow when it was slow mo down. I thought it, it looked bad. But when I watched it happen in real time, I thought nothing of it. Yeah, I was the same. But yeah, I mean, Trent was having himself forty-five minutes. We'll come on to to Sir Trent, Sir Sir Wanker. Anyway, um, right, Arsenal. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands up here and say that. I actually thought I thought Arsenal were fine. I didn't think they were particularly great. I did like I did think it was an important win for them in the fact that they showed they could win ugly. So because um, it wasn't pretty at all. I actually thought as 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 problematic as Liverpool were for the first sixty minutes or so, they were pretty in the game, and Arsenal were just more clinical. Was how I felt about it. Um, but I actually thought, which which in the end, saying all of that made me actually appreciate the quality of Arsenal and the way they managed to win differently and has me feeling better about them than I did before, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, Ross Bird, this is your moment. What did you make of it? Yeah, I, I thought I thought Liverpool played played quite well throughout most of the game. Um, I thought they really struggled with Martinelli's pace. Yeah. Um, well, both flanks. I think they struggled really. Yeah. Um, I, cause I thought when I saw the lineups, I thought Henderson, oh, Thiago. I thought. I thought we'd really struggle. I'm sorry. I thought they'd really struggle in there, but they sort of bossed it in there for a lot of the first half and coped a lot better than I I thought. Um, but um, yeah, I. I and the fact that Liverpool have been such a bogey team for us and we've struggled against them so much over the last few years, yeah. I think this was a really important one. You can hear, if you see what the players have said about beating Liverpool, it clearly means a lot to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, well, people have been saying, oh, Arsenal haven't beaten anyone. Um, well, we played, we lost to Man U in a game that um, we did play well, quite well in. And, well, the Man the Man U one made me worried for Arsenal because the, the reason why it made me worried was I thought you clearly had the uh, um, you clearly had the moment where uh, Arteta got worried and was like, I'm going to throw caution to the wind where and they allowed them to keep breaking on them. And you thought to yourself, no, 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 a more a manager is more secure and perhaps a bit more experienced in that situation would have just gone. No, we're bossing this game. It's going to come to us naturally. Let's not jeopardise on itself in the future. So that did worry me. And then when I watched the Spurs game, and I actually think Spurs are awful. Um, I, th- I think Spurs are a bit a right pony at the moment and are just waiting are waiting to be found out. No, I really do. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm with you. Like, I mean, we've seen this with Spurs before where 
they rely on XG over performance, and then all of a sudden it doesn't come to fruition, and they get thumped a couple of times. Um, they were awful against us. Yeah, well, they, you say they were awful, and they were awful, but they're and there's there's no stat to really quantify this, but there were dangerous moments in the game for them. Well, there were moments where. If Son plays the ball right, Harry mm-hmm. Kane gets a really good opportunity. Yeah. If Son plays the ball right, Richarlison gets a really good opportunity likewise. And that was all on the counter. So I came into this game thinking to myself, Arsenal are at home um, and they're playing a dangerous Liverpool. I would have been, wouldn't have been surprised to watch Liverpool sort of play a bit more reactive. And I thought Arsenal would really struggle with that. And in, in the end, because the way Liverpool set up to play, it turned out to be the other way. And there were still moments where Arsenal looked susceptible for the counter, but I thought other than that, they were they were much more comfortable in this game than I thought they had been. And it made me a bit more confident about them playing the, t- the better teams, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. Because we totally dominated Spurs. Uh, and I do agree with you. Uh, I don't... Their league position is nothing like the, the way they... How good I actually think they are. Yeah. And I, we should have beaten Manu. Uh, yeah, it all we were dominating them, and he completely changed the shape and threw all the offense on the pitch at the same time, yeah. and it, it it all fell apart. He got, he got that wrong. But, yeah, horribly. But the, but the key thing is learning from it, and yeah, um, we won't really see if he's learned from it until he's sort of won down against against a, a team similar to them in stature again. I think um, he is he is a young manager though. Yeah, no, and he no one he of the is. Young, no, agreed, and there's and they're a young team, and he's he's allowed to make these mistakes, isn't he? I mean, any manager makes he can make these mistakes, but it's just one to yeah. keep an eye on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. I, I did want to. There was one person I wanted to call out. Uh, oh, fucking Ben White! I cannot understand for the life of me. I mean, I mean, I can understand why Ben White's so good because he's so composed on the ball, and he's he's he seems to. Well, Defensively, I understand why he's good. Offensively, I think he's not getting enough plaudits for the fact that every time he's in the opponent's third, he just makes the right decision mm-hmm. consistently. And he, I'm not saying he's not like Trent and he's not like Reese James, where he's trying to do a lot more of yeah. the offensive load. Yeah. Um, but he's still doing what he is asked to do exceptionally well. I think he's having a hell of a season. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Because he is playing out of position. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's not probably... You wouldn't think that he'd be a good fullback. I don't think. I know he has played in midfield occasionally for Brighton. I would have... And I think for England. I, w- I would have pegged him as one who could have done a job there. Yeah. Against the big team. Like this perhaps... I mean, maybe not Liverpool, given who plays on the left wing usually. But I could have imagined him doing a more defensive, diligent job. But it's been in the other games where he's still done his job well. And I do think I do think it is interesting. Well, there's been sort of some tweets claiming that he's the best right back in the league this year. And I thought I thought to myself, right, okay, it's one thing dominating Crystal Palace, but when you, I think we need to like look at we need to look at what some of the other right backs are doing in the league. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know Trent's not having a good season, but there is another good English right-back um, yeah. who's a bit of a nutter, so I think we need to chill our breaks. But I also, and I also, so I've seen a lot of clamour for him to play for England at right-back recently, and I'm thinking to myself, that's daft. Yeah. But he should be in the setup. 
And I, I I don't understand how he isn't really. I don't. Given he is someone who has, maybe I could I'd get it if he hadn't been in and around. Right, Great podcast. The the squad before, but he went to the to the Euros, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. And and the thing is, he is the right profile for that. He's, if you're playing a three, he's feels to me like he could be the right, exactly the right person to play on site, kind of like the right. Because what do you need on the right? You need a guy who can, who's comfortable defending out wide one v one. Well, he's proven he can do that. And you also need someone who can. You also need someone who's com- competent enough at progressing the football, particularly given that you'd imagine whoever's stationed on that right wing back role is going to be flying up the pitch. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he has been really good. I, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, there's people who are calling him as the best for left like, right back in the league. Idiots, obviously. But I do feel like it's gone a bit underrated under the radar sort of how good he has been yeah he is playing out of position and he has played every game yeah so. I, no I think I think he's been really good I think part of the reason it's gone a bit under the radar is that um, he's not what we've come to expect as a right back now um, and also I would be intrigued to see how he fared if somebody other than Saka was playing right wing because Saka is so good now that he occupies two people and he can he creates chances out there on his own and he doesn't need the support whereas another winger always a, quite often needs that support that's where I'm sort of at with it if you know what I mean like and I wonder if that's um I wonder if we're waiting to people are kind of like not thinking about it because they don't realize the good work he's doing because he's not flashy but yeah. yeah 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 I think if you're exactly right he, he does a lot. It's not like Reese James, and that you'll feel confident when Reese James is breaking into the box, and you want Reese James to shoot probably because yeah. he is such a good finisher for a fullback or for anyone really. Um, but that, like the Partey goal against Spurs, yeah, he's just on the edge of the box. He lays it to someone who is better on the ball and he's way better in that sort of position than he is, and he just makes those he's just the right he, ones he's, so often. He's just. He's a smart football player who makes smart football decisions. Like, I mean, he's never going to dominate an entire wing in a Europe in a, in a game against a big European um, team like James did against Milan the other week. Is he? He's not going to no. do that. That's not. No, his no, game. That's, that's and that's game. and that is not what you want him to do. But the reason it, the problem is is we've sort of become conditioned to having thinking that that's what a fullback used to be should be. Whereas White is sort of proving that it doesn't have to be that and you can get it elsewhere. I do have a I do, my intro the thing I think about Arsenal and to hit their to hit their absolute ceiling as a team. I wonder if because Gabriel he, I mean he didn't convince me in this one either. I didn't think he was great again. Um I do wonder if there's if the idea of back four for Arsenal is KT, Saliba White and Tommy Artu because you you will have to combat White's lack of height in a way. Um, it's not the time to change it now, but I do wonder... Uh, well, uh, I disagree. That. I'd be playing White. Uh, Gabriel's just... Su- he's su- well, you saw it against Spurs. Yeah. Spurs were nowhere, and Gabriel does something so stupid, again, as we've seen so many times. I- I'd 100% be playing White and Saliba. I think... The thing is with Gabriel, obviously, he's left, left foot on the left-hand side. Um, okay. But um, plus, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I think Zinchenko will be the number one choice going forward at left back. Uh, what happens to KT then? I mean, 
he's still gonna play a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, I like I like him. Um, I'm just saying I like I like yeah. White a lot. I do think he's good. I am gonna give we I don't we didn't podcast last week, did we? No, no. Um, no. I do want to give my Wazak of the week for last week though, um, and it is to Arteta. Um, his press interview about the party goal was a disgrace. I thought. To I haven't really. Um, well, the line, the line he he was talking about party's goal and congratulating him, and he said, "With all that he's been through." Oh, I did hear that. And and that to me, I'm like, I understand. I understand why he's done it. I understand. I understand that English is not his first language as well. I do want to give him that thing. I just thought that that's a dangerous sentiment, given that, and given that there are rumours about party and there are rumours about what's gone on and things are apparent and if those rumours are true things are still being investigated I just thought that was a dangerous thing to say as a guy who is looked up to by people so Wazak of the week for Arteta for last week yeah Wazak of the week this week is um, a joint award and it's me Mike and Dave for coming home from a holiday with a cold um, <laughs> Dave I've got one too and I have a bit away mate. oh would you look at that <laughs> It's the In and Around Pod, the number one contagious pod in the uh, in the Western Hemisphere. Um, Dave, I'm glad you're back. You've you dipped off the call for a second because you had to deal with something. But are you back just in time? Because you are our resident Scavs correspondent. Oh. Um, and Liverpool is shit, which is wonderful. Yeah. I don't want to just talk about in general where we're Liverpool is shit. I want to talk about that problem area. So I really want to start with what the hell is wrong with Salah? Yeah. Honestly, it's it's a bit like it feels a bit like a Bamiyang at Arsenal. As soon as he's been given that massive payday, he's just not. There's just something missing to like his integrity. And this season, I mean, I didn't think he was as good last season. This season without Mane, he looks he looks lost. Really, like he doesn't. I he think was he, playing he, bad before he had the new contract. To be fair. He had yeah. a pretty, pretty horror into last season. Since, I mean, I think it's something like it's eight non-penalty goals. Like, uh, sorry, I forgot it was end of last season. He signed the deal. I had in my head it was the season before. He was well. He was already not good last season. No, he um, was no, no, Dave. I think revisionist history here. He was really good at the start of it. Yeah, and but then the second when he got, half. Yeah, when he got to yeah, half, wasn't it? I, yeah. I think since then it's eight non-penalty goals. Or something in twenty three or something, which not terrible, but hey, it's if not he Wolves, it'd be hell of a goal scorer. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I will say with Salah is he's played hell of a lot of games in the last few That's years, true. and it, yeah. it's got to have an effect on players. Like last season, including Afcon, he would have played sixty. 62 well, Liverpool games. played the max number of games they could, didn't they, last year? And I mean, since yes, Salah did. joined uh, Liverpool, and so in his um, in his five full seasons, so excluding the 12 appearances this season, in five full seasons, he made 252 appearances, 52 games twice, 48 games once, and 51 games in all comps the last two seasons I mean that's hell of a lot of football I, I think there's a discussion to be had and I think we should come on to it about ref, about the squad feeling old and needing a refresh and thing 
I, I want to ask a, a simple question about luck. Do you think Salah is spending more time out wide than he has in prior, previous seasons? Because every time I've seen Liverpool this season, I keep thinking, to myself, why is Salah not in the box more? I've, I noticed that against Arsenal. The one time he did yeah. look dangerous was when he did cut inside and he jigged around a couple of players. But yeah, he does seem to be hanging out, out wide a little more. And he's he's not he's not like Hazard, and I'm using Hazard because he's the only one that comes to my brain right now. Where you put Hazard out wide, and you could still get because of his ability to carry the ball, and he was a better mm. passer than Salah. Mm-hmm. He was able to create more from those positions. Salah has always felt to me a bit more like because he's such because he's such a relentless finisher. He's a bit more like Ronaldo in that you want him a bit closer to the box. You want him combining with the centre-forward like Firmino. And I just thought it was interesting that after the AFCON, Firmino sort of dropped out of the lineup, and they moved Mane into the striker role. And Salah's production seemed to drop off. And now you've got Nunes occupying that central striker space. Yeah. And he's not really combining with Salah in the same way. So Salah's sort of stationed out right... So it kind of just feels that Liverpool have subtly changed the system but haven't really changed it around their best player, which is bizarre to me. I, I definitely think there's something to be said that when Nunes is on the pitch, I mean, Liverpool have spent a lot of money on this guy and they need him to sort of bed into the team and, and prove himself a bit. You're going to have to try and play to some of his strengths because... At the end of the day, you've spent, what was it, like £60 million on a striker. Yeah. If you're going to just not play the ball into him at all and still play at Salah, like, people are going to be asking questions. And especially now results aren't going their way. People are asking more questions than ever. So, imagine, imagine a few bad results where they're not even passing to the striker at all and they're putting everything for Salah, who's not performing. It's, I think they know it's difficult. No, I think they are trying to play to Nunes. And I think it's worth mentioning at this point. Nunes. That, that's what I mean, though, Will. I'm saying that they've had to change to definitely try and involve Nunes. Like, they can't not involve him. Yeah, but, yeah, so I think, I thought Nunes actually, I, it's probably worth mentioning that. I just thought, I thought Nunes was probably one of the best players yesterday. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I thought he, he was, was really good. good. I thought he, I thought he made... He made the centre halves look uncomfortable. Well, as uncomfortable as Saliba can look. <laughs> oh, he's so good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I thought I thought he was good. Um, I thought, but I thought there were some interesting points, Dave, where they hadn't actually, they weren't doing what they should have been doing. Which was, we can debate all day long whether or not Nunes was the right type of player for them to sign up front. I don't think he was, if you want to get the best out of Salah. Um, but now they've got him, they've got to sort of tweak slightly. Because there were a couple of times, particularly in that left channel, where Nunes had the opportunity to make a sensible run, and he good run, and he made the run. And Diaz and Henderson and Thiago and Zimikas weren't looking for him in the way that they are probably used to. Cause, and I just thought to myself, well, those are the little things that I have to iron out if you want the best of this guy. Now, you can debate whether or not it is the right thing to do to, to switch your style to do that, but now he's here, you've kind of got to do it, and they're not doing it right at this point. But 
they really miss Mane, and I know Mane's not setting the world alight, but they really miss Mane's kind of intensity and in putting people under pressure, don't they? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. He's a massive, massive loss to them, it's, it seems. Um, I, I guess with Mane, he hadn't been at his best, you could say, in the last, especially that last season, but it's still, he's been, you know, a staple to their, their success. In the last He's five, probably been their most consistently good yeah, offensive and, player. And you know what you're getting with him, but also he was so good. How do you try and replace him? Like the thing is, with they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Like I'm sure we'll come onto it with recruitment as a whole. But Diego Jota, for example, was a left winger at Wolves, and they turned him into a striker, playing him through the middle because Firmino wasn't performing, and now. He's no longer a natural left winger. And I like, trust me, at Wolves, he was great on the wing. That's where he used to play. Well, they, 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 they sort of changed the shape a bit. Out. He's sort of playing in behind Nunes, that's where he's been playing. They've been playing sort of three with like Salah, Diaz, and, and Jota sort of in the 10. But yeah, I mean, he could have been someone who at least could have been obviously not a like for like because money was so good, but at least a, a decent quality natural left winger. I know there's well, Diaz, well, Diaz come on to his injury, but Diaz, Diaz is the Mane replacement in theory. The re- in theory, that is the replacement for Mane is more that I think what Klopp would say was when it came to last season when you look at the way he used a striker and the left winger kind of actions. Once he moved on from Firmino, I don't think he really viewed Mane. He didn't view Mane as just a just a left winger. He viewed him as a guy who could play anywhere across the forward line, unlike perhaps Salah, who can realistically not... He can't... You wouldn't play Salah off the left, because it really no. does happen. But, so, I think he probably thought to himself that that's fine, and we can play Jota up front. And I think he probably would still play Jota up front. Which, it just makes the Nunes signing... It's stranger yeah. because it's a different profile, and I understand that Liverpool have found themselves needing a different profile at times. But it's also kind of like it's the type of different profile that doesn't gel automatically with some of the other profiles you've got, like Jota and like Salah, who you really have got to get the best out of Salah because he's not only is your highest paid player, he's realistically, if you don't count Virgil Van Dijk when he's not doing what he's doing now, he's your best player. So not playing to his strengths just strikes me as odd. I mean, that they their recent track record of buying central strikers has not been not been good at all, really. I mean, like like when they going back a bit now, when they bought Benteke, he was clearly not right for how they were going to play with him. Yeah, and it was no surprise really when he struggled yeah. to score yeah. goals. I, I don't know whether I, I I need to look it up. I need to look at when Edwards came in because Liverpool's recruitment is because it's changed so much. I think, I don't know whether or not their first one was Origi, because what I would say is, Nunes aside, they, Nunes aside, they've got the big deals, on the whole, right at Liverpool. Every time they splashed out that big number of money, like we're talking, except for maybe Navigator, they've, um, they've spent it well, like they've, and it's taken the team to another level, hasn't it? Um, so yeah, it just feels, it just feels weird, this one. Anyway, um, I don't want to belabor the point and I will repeat it again that I thought Nunes was, was really good yesterday I actually quite enjoyed watching him play likewise with Diaz I thought the game completely changed when Diaz was off because 
Arsenal were able to squeeze it more because they were less worried. He's out um, top of the World Cup now as well. Yeah, he's out for a while. Yeah, that's not good. Um, let's talk about Trent. Um, where to start with Trent? Firstly, um, the decision to go over. Was it the second? Oh, it was. Oh, God. Oh, my God. The decision. Was it the second? Like, was it the first? Another Trent, one you're in. Trent is. Trent is. There's a, there's a, the whole thing about Trent's defending that I'm sick of talking about Trent's defending. It, but most of the time, the reason why Klopp explained it the best, he said the reason why Trent is out of position is because I want Trent out of position because of the quality he brings. It's just a completely fair way to describe it. Yeah, I listen to that too. With Trent, um, and actually for the first goal where he gets done behind by Martinelli, Van Dijk is at fault there as well for not engaging earlier which mm-hmm. seems to be a recurring problem with Van Dyke. yeah and it yeah. started to worry yeah. me um that said the decision on the second one to go over and help Henderson cover not do anything and essentially leave people free for a tap in is schoolboy it was shocking it really was I just his awareness and his positioning and I I I did agree a lot with what Klopp said, and he's doing absolutely the right thing by trying to dig his player out when he's getting this much pressure. But because uh, he, he does obviously play high up the pitch, so there are there is space in behind. And to be fair, Martinelli's going to do a lot of people with his pace because, as we saw when he had that foot race with Diaz, he is just that quick. Well, um, Martinelli does that to anyone. Yeah, Kyle or Reese James, I think. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. In the Premier League, that is. Yeah. I mean, Danny Carvajal shuts him down like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> that, was, that was for you, Mike. <laughs> uh. No, and I think, I think, I don't know what you guys think. Does Trent, does this Trent situation kind of remind you of the Maguire situation a bit? In that you just, Maguire, I think, just needs. Go on holiday, lad. Go on holiday. Stop playing football. Get yourself up the I mean, spot. Get yourself mentally right. I mean, one thing with Trent I've noticed is the amount of times where the ball bypasses him, like, in the box, and he makes no effort to chase the ball. I think, honestly, it, it just seems like he's, like, burnt out. I, I don't know what it is, like, whether it's physically or mentally... I would understand both. I mean, he has a lot of pressure on his shoulders and also he plays a lot of football and has done for the last... last well, he's, seasons, when he broke in, he's been like a one of the well, first names of the sheep probably since he was like since 19. Was like, yeah, I, yeah I, like 18. You know, two seasons ago when Liverpool had their blip and they yeah. had so much defensive stuff, they had to keep playing. I remember watching Chelsea at, against Liverpool and Chelsea score a, Chelsea score a goal where the ball's played long, Mount Mount gets it on the wing. He cuts inside. He goes past Trent like he's not even there, and he goes past Matt. He goes slightly past Matt too, and he belts it in. And I remember watching that, thinking to myself, firstly, wow, Mason Mount's a great player, but also Mason Mount is quick and shifty. He is not so quick and sh- well at this point. He wasn't as quick and shifty as he is now. But as he went past Trent, I thought to myself, fuck me, Trent looks tired. And I was like, I watched, and then you 
after I saw that, I was push watching the whole Liverpool team play. I'm thinking, you lot look shattered. And then last season, they came back, and I thought to myself, oh, it was just a blip. But watching them this year again, I just, they look buggered. Absolutely buggered. Yeah. And you're right, Dave. It's not just, it's not just, I mean, players always look, you can always see how tired a player really looks physically when you get to like the 120th minute of added time or whatever. But they look mentally tight, and it's leading to such lapses in concentration. I mean, look at Van Dyke. Like, Van Dyke's not engaging when he should. He's he's passive, and Trent is exactly the same. And you're just sort of like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's got to be something with the fact that they've played so many games. Because their squad also is not the deepest, at least last year. There's not a lot to come in for these guys. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of cover at right back for Trent, to be fair. So that's why he plays so much. I mean, you're looking at probably Milner. I don't know who, yeah, I who was... else plays out there. I mean, and the, this is only going to get worse for Liverpool because they are the 18th out of 20 in the oldest average. Yes, yeah, I think. Are. Yeah, they are this so season. They're like almost 28. I think, and the average age. Um, so, I mean, people like Henderson, who's going to be like 35 next season, or maybe by the end of this season, like they're just not going to have, they're going to have even less in the tank going forward. Henderson's not that old, is he? He's 34, isn't he? Henderson looks bloody old. I'm pretty sure Henderson's like 34. For, for what? He's worth. 32. Oh, he's 32. Sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, no, but still, he, is, he looked like he's may as well be 35 or 36. I mean, in a lot of games when they, when it's just him and Thiago in there, they're going to struggle it's poor. a lot. Yeah. It's. I mean, Jacker, who has been playing well, he is the slowest player in the Premier League, so he's not going to do you for pace. But it's not slower than Georgie. No, he is. Uh, he is. Look. Yeah, I'm telling you now, he's not. But, <laughs> I think I think the thing is with Trent that's worth raising as well is like Andy Robertson has had Simicast who's been like a, a pretty at times more than competent. I'd say Simicast seems a, a fairly decent player. And he's he's, he's been able to play instead. They tried with Neko Williams and all they've ever decided was to loan him out to the championship and then ultimately sell him. Alexander Arnold, unless he's injured and they've had to make an emergency, if he's fit to play he has played. Like, Joe Gomez, who would have been possibly the other person they could have thrown at right back, given that's where he started his career, he's been injured for, like, the last two seasons, basically. So whereas players like Robertson has at least been bailed out sometimes when he hasn't been injured, Alexander-Arnold, it feels like. And I would say the same for Salah. Like, look at left wing last season. There was rotation with Diaz and Mane. And they've they've been able to put other players on the left wing before. Um, like Origi had a preference to play left wing. I know he wasn't great, but at least he could go there. Same with Minamino. Salah hasn't had a get himself. Like yeah, there's Harvey no cover Elliott, for Salah either. Harvey Elliott, they wanted to put him <laughs> out right wing, but he yeah. got injured and they've decided he's better in the middle anyway. I, there really hasn't been anyone covering those guys. And it really get, shows now, I feel I get, like. I get what you're saying. I think I think the 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 argument there for Klopp would be that I mean Salah's real realistically Salah's been absolute peak performance until the Afcon last year. Yeah, yeah. couldn't have been much better. It was really yeah. good. He's and, thirty now, isn't he? True. Likewise, yeah. likewise with Trent. 
in and the difference between Trent and Robertson is, and this is no disrespect to Andy Robertson, Andy Robertson's skill set and what he brings to the Liverpool team is replaceable. Trent's skill set, in terms of his ability on the ball, is, and I'm not just talking what other right backs can do in terms of getting up and down, putting a good cross as good technique. I'm talking about those. I'm talking about the levels of his passing, the ability to, the ability to control tempo even from right back at times is ridiculous. So that's a really hard thing to replace, particularly when you, you base a lot of your skills around it. I mean, I I think defensively, I mean, we can go, we can talk about it all day. I think the biggest shock for Trent's season, as much as the defence ones catch the headlines, if you look at his expected assist numbers, they are way down. And I think a lot of that is goes back to that, goes back to the same issue that's affecting Salah, which is that when the ball goes into the box now, it's not fine. It's it's kind of like a, a Ross. You're gonna have, Ross. I'm about to use an American football analogy. I need to tell me afterwards if I've got it wrong. Okay. Okay. It's like having a quarterback, like Matt Saracen, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> He's throwing it. He's throwing it to um. Ross, what was the guy's name? The guy. The guy. Tim. Got Tim. Tim Riggins. Oh, Tim. Rig- no, not Tim Riggins. The other. Guy. Oh. The guy got done with the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go on. It's, it's, go on. it's all about having the receivers who are going to catch the football, and it's kind of the same with um. The, it's kind of the same with Trent's crossing and Salah's passes into the box, into the interior. When you replace people like Mane, when you replace people like Firmino, and you replace them with people of different profiles like Nunes and Diaz to a lesser extent, good players, just different to what you're expected. There's an adjustment period, and sometimes the games don't gel well together. And I think that's sort of happening with Trent. Like, you think of Trent's, Trent's ability to play the ball into Mane, for example, was such a key cornerstone for Liverpool's attacking play um, for all those years. And I think that is as much a fault as the um, the fatigue kind of thing. Ross, did I get my analogy right? Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Good stuff. Up the bears. And it was smashed, by the way, was the uh, receiver. Oh, smashed. Friday Night Lights, the, uh, a great show. And turn off this podcast and go watch it now. Um, last thing I want to touch on. I mean, we all, we all saw it in Dortmund. A great team that Klopp ran into the ground because he's... Because Not he, just in Dortmund. In Mainz too, yes. Thank you. Um He's so intense in training and everything, and he, he gets the most out of these players, but he runs the hard um, yards with them. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like making them out. Putting your car through hell every day. You can t- it does the job for you, but it's not good for the long term. Um, Dave, what I want to ask you is, do you think that Klopp is obviously famously loyal, but do you think that loyalty is holding him back? Do you think he's going to be able to do the thing that Pep has already done at City and that Ferguson was so good at in that at the end of the cycle being ruthless and getting rid of people? I mean, it's not looking good at the moment, is it? I mean, I mean, there's players in that like we're already discussing who, if he had a well sort of rotational squad and a, a squad with depth he would have to he'd be able to take them out of the firing line and put in at least competent players but that's not really an option I think as well unfortunately for Liverpool and it's not just a Liverpool thing the transfer market is crazy how expensive players cost I mean Liverpool don't seem to you know despite their success in recent years 
Yes, they have made a few good signings. Yes, they spent £60 million on Nunes. But they haven't exactly thrown the checkbook at every, every season, it feels like, compared to maybe what you could expect. Even if they were to spend like £150 million next summer, that's probably only buy you, like, in this day and age, two, like, very, very top players or, or three good, like, really good players. Possibly four players at most. How how on earth are they you don't hurt? you don't don't change an entire as Nottingham Forest I think yeah but I mean start an XI in the summer I, I mean thinking logistically they need at least like a competent right winger for for just rotation anyway and for the future they need at least one centre mid that's actually going to come in and be decent and, and you could say the same for. Maybe a, a centre back. I mean, you've got Kanate, no, but then there's no, Matip no. and Van Dijk no. who are getting older. Joe Gomez has looked an absolute disaster no. since he's come back. They do. They do not need a centre half, and I would argue that right wing isn't even the star of there. The, the bigger problem with right wing is they've got to find it. They've got to tweak the system to get the best out of Salah. They don't. It. They have the biggest problem of their team is they. They need major surgery in midfield. And I must admit, yeah. I sat here before the season and said to you that I think Liverpool, on the paper, are the strongest team in the league because I hadn't quite understood how unavailable Navigator is and how much Jordan Henderson has declined. Like, Jordan Henderson cannot perform to the level... And he's, he's, he's still a great leader and a great person to have around the club and he's been a tremendous servant for them. He, he leg-wise, cannot do what he used to do. And... Tiago, Tiago's a very good player, but again, he can't do what you need to do. So you you need to get in, I think, a couple of players. If Naby Keita's not fit, you you've got to get in replacements. So they're looking at needing. They they certainly need they certainly need a midfielder. I think they need a couple. Um, and everyone keeps saying Drew Bellingham. Drew Bellingham would be a tremendous signing. It costs you so much money though. That's well, what I mean. How be, how do they even look to? And so many other clubs the are going to be after him. Chelsea and Madrid and Drew yeah, Bellingham's a wonderful player, but if the, if you're if the price that was quoted in the papers the other day of 120 million, if they if they're trying to get you to buy Drew Bellingham for 120 million, don't do it. It's silly. It's stupid money for Drew Bellingham. He's a tremendously gifted player and he's going to be a star, but 120 million is ludicrous. Particularly when you're you've got you need to buy more than one. But Liverpool. You can still recruit smartly in this market. There's still players there and Liverpool have been doing so. But I think the problem for them is, and you saw it this summer where Klopp sort of said, look, FSG wanted to invest and I didn't find the right player. They they need to make sure they get it right. So they do need to be cautious. But I, I think there's an element here where Klopp has to be ruthless. And I just... I am doubting if he is the type of person, given to the way that he fosters and treats his players, if he has that kind of ruthlessness to move these trusted lieutenants on. Yeah. And that's the worry for Liverpool. Um, I mean, it's a tough thing to rebuild a team and move into a new... Well, it's the hardest job a manager phase. can do. Hardest job manager can do. Like, Mourinho is one of the best managers ever to walk the face of this earth. He's never done it. 
I mean, yeah, it's not many managers who have ever done it, is it? I, can, I mean, I can think of like two people who've ever done it at the highest level, and it's um, oh, Ferg- it. Ferguson, and I guess Pep in this latest iteration, and Pep had to have unlimited money. Yeah. Well, Wenger sort of t- changed the team that he inherited into something. He did. He, he did, but he never... It's not quite a job to the same. No, yeah. he... he no, and that's but the fair. team that he inherited was very different to the one that he wanted and ended up having. No, true, true, but that's that's kind of like one team building cycle as opposed. Oh, true, to I suppose, yeah. ones, which yeah, is what yeah, we're yeah. referring to in a way. Uh, I mean, the, the money at Man City makes it. Yes, it does, but it it does, but also if you had that and if you had that team that hit a hundred points, would you be so eager to move it on? Is the question? Would Klopp have moved it on? Is the question? <sighs> no, it's tough. It's tough. Look, it's a tough scene, isn't it? We've got to move it on. I mean, I look forward to having this discussion in seven years' time when Potter's moving on his next team at Chatham. Oh, joking. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a good stab anyway. Like, Are you serious? <laughs> he's doing Raphael Leao now. He's going full football manager, like, <coughs> talking about this guy in the press. <laughs> no, but not in like a... I mean, he clearly wants to sign him. You know, but it's he's just... trying to make it out as if... He's got a contract and this and that. They keep asking him about it. Like, I'm like, like, please, stop asking Graham Potter about it. But it's it's just so FM. It's just making Uh, me laugh every time I read about uh, it. Honestly. My favourite thing was uh, Raphael Leal coming out after playing Reese James going going half playing. Oh, I don't want to play him again. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's tough. Uh, He's about to kick off against Chelsea. Probably scored two goals by the time you hear this. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Uh, there was one more thing to touch on, but uh, I can't remember it. We will talk about a resurgent Bournemouth at some point because, uh, speaking of things, we're not the league. Problem, we're not the league it's anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? They're actually yeah. above Liverpool, who beat them 9 0. Um, yes, Dave has reminded me, and I don't really want to talk about this for very long, Dave, because as I've, as I've mentioned, I have got a, a heavy football match to watch in a few seconds, but we've been. <laughs> we were beaten remiss if we didn't tell you perhaps one of my favorite moments in Barcelona which is looking over at Mike on a uh, on a metro as he found out that Steve Cooper had been given a 2025 contract and I thought he was going to fall out the car yeah literally I thought he was on the track <laughs> we, were, we were like walking around and Mike goes I'm convinced that's been reported wrong and Dave's like it's on the official channels and Mike's going it's just not right well everything I can't remember who they played uh, it was Le- Leicester, wasn't it? Because they're talking like, oh, both managers are in trouble here. Yeah, they lost four. I don't know whoever loses it. Job could be gone. I'm thinking, oh, so it's pretty much going to be the end for Steve Cooper then. And then, like, two days later, he signed a new flipping contract. I can't believe it. Even if you're really confident in Steve Cooper being your long term manager and you don't care, who are you bidding against to keep him there? Like, who is. Who is who is that? Are, inter- are they thinking? Right do you think about him England? going to England? I'm assuming that was in their mind. But having said that, he's going to go to England whether they've signed him to a new contract or not. If England yeah. Well, I I said to Mike that maybe they're just looking for the compy, but I, I, it's still daft. I think it was really really bizarre, particularly given that they didn't look inspiring against perhaps the most uninspiring team in the division in Aston Villa. Well, um, I watched. I made a mistake. I watched some of that game last night. Why? <laughs> oh, I mean, Ashley Young scored. Oh, a an absolute screamer. Ashley Young. I mean, 
You'd have to feel sorry for Gerard if you hadn't battered a man in an Africa. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's, let's not forget that he's a toe rag of a man. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think by the time you hear this, he's probably been sacked, so who cares? Either way, <laughs> if he's not been sacked, um, I will be there on Sunday for potentially his last game as they play Chelsea. And he beats Graham Potter's homecoming, everyone. It's from the area. Sorry, old boy, Graham Potter. I I might have a different opinion on Steve Keeper than, than you, to be honest. I don't think it's that ridiculous. No, it, it's only ridiculous to me because all the news and everything you're reading no, is like that he right. was about to get sacked. He was on, yeah, they were pushing that he was literally about to get sacked, weren't they, to be fair? I mean, I think he's a good manager. And I think any manager's going to struggle if you chuck that many new players at, he at got someone. Them, he got them up massively against the odds. I mean, my concern is for them is... I mean, if if the owner's chosen to sign all these players, then it takes a lot of of the problems off Cooper's eyes for like recruitment. If he's chosen to get these players and you know decided, yeah, I'm going to have five left backs or whatever, just to see which ones are best. I mean, that's crazy. But the thing is, I don't know what they were hoping with any managers to do. They didn't go about much business before it kicked off. I think in pre-season, they only had four signings or something. So, even if they'd got rid of Cooper, who on earth's going to come in? How do you even begin to pick a best eleven when most of the players haven't Dave, bedded in? Yeah, it's... Dave, Dave you've, made, you've made a really calculated argument about that, of, of which I 100% agree with you. And I completely agree with you. If those are reasons for signing Steve Cooper to this extension. I've got one. I've got. I mean, the league position is not yeah, good. It's not great. And we've got God knows how many years of football history of telling you that people will throw their manager under the bus before throwing their players under the bus. I just was surprised. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or not. I'm just surprised for to give him a contract like that at this stage, given how it's going. And even yeah. so, like. When I go back, I go back to the who are you bidding against? Because if you're bidding against um, another team and you think England are coming in, that's fine. That makes sense to time down. But currently at this stage, with all the context going on around it, it just doesn't make sense to do it now. Got no problem with them doing it at the end of the season. Yeah. This time is going down for a bit. I mean, one but thing now, you've got to make sense. One thing you've got to say is, however bad this goes, bloody hell, they can't sack him, can they? Because if they won, if they even had that possibility they've just made themselves they're gonna to have to pay him off way more money so you'd think that however Dave, bad Dave, this could go <laughs> take it from me you could give the manager a new contract in, in october and you could sack him in december we've done it plenty of times. <laughs> yeah i guess we'll see how deep forest pockets are but i imagine how long was his contract that he had I um, think it was only until the end of this season. Well, that is different. Oh, well, that makes sense then. Okay. Yeah. I take it all back then. Yeah. They were tying him down. Well, actually, it doesn't make complete sense. Do it before the season. What are you doing? That, yeah, that's the thing. After he has overachieved and got them up, that's the time to do it. And with regards to how much, I don't obviously know any of this, but he can't have been involved in all these signings and been over. Okay. No, he can't have. There's, he there's can't no, have. <laughs> I refuse. This, it reeks of 
it's just people who t- don't know that much about football. I'll tell you just, what it is. It's Dave on Football Manager when he's got <laughs> a team up show available and oh, you've just so told Dre money at like, the top you know, 30 I know he's problematic, but he's probably, got some, he's probably better quality than some of the players if I can get him to perform like no one else has managed in the last five years. I, I refuse <laughs> to believe. Refuse to believe that anyone wanted Renault Roddy. Yeah, he's, he's the one you refuse to believe. <laughs> so Fourier is playing for them, Will. <laughs> yeah, but he's got pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> also, Lingard is going disastrously for them, which I is know, quite funny. I know. But that, uh, that signing made a little more sense. No, it did make sense. Well, not... no, but now they've spent loads on Gibbs White, who plays in the same position. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, it doesn't make sense. Yet. Am... It, when, it, it, when they hadn't spent loads, before they'd signed with these players, that made a little more sense I, to it. I was out on the Lingard signing as soon as it happened. <laughs> well, well, clearly, I, it's not worth it. Like, but... I was like, this guy has not played football for over a year. And he's not going to set their system anyway. Uh, and he's got eight months of good career play. And, <laughs> and people were like, no, Lingard's good. Like, but you were looking at what else was in the Forest team at that point, to be fair. Yeah, and he was definitely a significant improvement. You can't... Yeah. You, however and, bad and it's you have to already, overpay to get players sure of a higher... Significant improvement. Oh, he was. Now, this is how little I, I like and respect Lingard. That we've already done. <laughs> we can do this podcast again. <laughs> um, well, I uh, swear if you listen back to the episode where we discussed the signing, I tried to say that Lingard could be disruptive. And I'm sure you said Lingard's supposed to be one of the nicest guys in football. It yeah, was either you or... Yeah, so, so why are you not to know he's a terrible what? signing when he's no. a better calibre no, and he's ultimately a nice bloke? No, I, well, I don't think he's a good player. If you go back and listen, I don't think he's a good player. But oh, I don't... okay. I don't think he's disruptive in the dressing room. Well, I don't know, but... We did also think that they were tying him down for, like, a three-year deal. It was a classic hard. <laughs> 9am of the day after, it was confirmed it was only, like, a one-year deal they were offering. Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was It was not good. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we, we haven't talked about one big story, but we can't really talk about it now. I've got no, time. Go, no, go on. Let's, let's go into it. I mean, I mean Mbappe I'm... wants to leave PSG. Oh, I'm sick of him. Right. I'd get rid of him if I were Right. But, well, but one thing that I'm going to say about this is the guy that spreads it every time Steffi. is a master journalist who's a re- massive Real Madrid fan. It always comes from him. How true is it? I mean... Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Oddly but... enough, I believe it. Well, because well, he didn't want I mean, to be in PSG, they just the told so much at him that he couldn't really say no. I believe that. I said that at the time. He, he's he wanted I mean, to play for Real Madrid. It feels like every other day you see a picture of. I mean, he's been complaining in the press lately that he he much prefers playing with a number nine like Giroud, and he put I mean, some quotes on Instagram the other day that they made him flee. I just. Look, Mbappe is obviously the best. Even right, be very careful. I say, it. as it stands, he is probably the most naturally talented player. At still playing at a high. Ah, fuck. Right, he's obviously not a better player than Messi, but currently at this position in his career, he's probably the. He probably is, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I get If everyone knows what I mean, I don't. Right, glad we're there. Anyway, uh, <coughs> with that said, he is not worth this much hassle, I don't think. 
particularly when it comes to destroying a culture at your club. Because as we've as PSG has proven time and time again, you can't you don't win the big one without a settled team spirit, do you? You can't win it as individuals. Like the closest no. they was when they had Tuchel up front, Tuchel and Tuchel basically said, Right, Mbappe and Neymar, you're not part of the team really, but I just want you to just wreck people on the counter and it was genius and it almost worked. But other than that, you're just not gonna get it done. So at this point, take the money and go, PSG. Like I understand from a brand perspective why he's good, but coincidentally, Mbappe will never be a bigger star than Messi's. Never happen. No. Nope. I'm thinking Messi's probably going to go back to Barca. I'm guessing. Yeah. End of this season. Who cares either way? Neymar's a better player than Mbappe anyway. Give me Neymar any day of the week. I understand that's not popular, so we will move on. Anyway, January transfer window will be interesting if he's on the move. Can Todd Bowley's uh, big bo- big dollar balloon? Look, if Mbappe goes to Chelsea, I'm, I'm actually finished. I've done it. Mate, I'm Could you imagine? <laughs> I think it's actually good. But I, I Mate, think surely he wants to be in the He's, he's got pictures of Chelsea shirts as a kid and he went to George, a Dodgers game a few years ago and they let him throw the first pitch. Bowley's baseball blues are back again. Oh, God. Honestly, could you imagine? Look, you know what? This isn't the funniest thing about this. Some deluded <laughs> Arsenal fans on Twitter. Oh, uh, already uh, see I've that. got ideas about because <laughs> we're top of the that. league. <laughs> and Mbappe's going to come to Arsenal. It's just <laughs> the most ridiculous <laughs> right, thing so you've ever heard. Oh, There's a picture of Henri in the in a France kit with a young Mbappe. And it's, it's saying Thierry's always told him the best club to join in the world. And obviously, it's about Arsenal. Here's my thing. If you put Mbappe, and I've been thinking about this at Har- for Haaland too, I think Haaland should have to do six months at Chelsea with wearing the number nine shirt just to see if if it is the shirt. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this in Bappe too, actually. I just think it's like community service. Let's just do like a little science thing. Let's just see if they can score a goal. Because like, I guarantee you, put Haaland in a Chelsea number nine shirt, and he's got, he's got four goals in 38, and he's going back to Norwegia. <laughs> Norwegia? No, but look, no, I like the idea. I really do. <laughs> Harlan's bagged them in, no matter where you put them. Yeah, but I'm so did everyone else, Ross. <laughs> like, Chef Shea could want to belong to Horus. I think this is a bit of a Chelsea, uh, <laughs> a Chelsea problem. Tim Werner had scored 40 goals the year before. 40 goals! <laughs> Look, Murata, the less said about the better. And. I, don't, I just want to say it now, Graham Potter. I've seen you talking. I've seen you saying you'll give everyone a, a fair crack. In this. I do not want to see Romelu Timberland <laughs> plays like he's wearing jeans and Timberlands with a pack on. I don't want to see him back at the club ever again. I would rather we sign Danny Welbeck. I mean, that would be good. No, no, that will also upset me. I tell you what. Welbeck ends up at Chelsea. They win the Champions League. Could you imagine putting Danny Welbeck in a number nine shirt? Is it possible to get minus goals? (laughs) (laughs) 
okay, hold on a second. Hey, you know, you know, uh, obviously, Harlan's doing great. He scored 15 in nine. Oh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all right. I mean, I just feel like you could put anyone there and they will. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not getting your 15 in nine. But, like, Danny Welbeck could score, like, six in nine. And you'd say you're doing pretty well. I'm just. I, they just create so much, so much that I think anyone. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're playing for the sixth season. They're going to get Neil you a No, no, I tell you, it's Murat. No, okay, Murat's no. Murat has won in eight. One in eight, and the other eight are offside. Morpai just isn't even getting in the right position somehow. He's just waiting on the edge of the box. Team how, many, how much do you think you'd score if you paid up front for a year for C? No. Oh, no. Absolutely <laughs> zero. No, but that's not true. You, you'd no, eventually it... be on the end of one where you actually physically <laughs> could have been. <laughs> like, <laughs> Will, I've played a lot of football. We play football together every day. And I'm telling you, you'd every, get at least one. Every week Ross. for at least a decade now. And this is the this is the first and only time you've ever really lied about football to me. I'm not... Like I am not. I mean, I scored six on the end to retake Cardi's miss. That would be that <laughs> would best, be what I imagine. Best run of form ever was scoring six goals in five weeks, and they were from a combined yardage of four. But that's what I'm get, saying. You think I'm getting one in the Premier? You're League. playing with Kevin De Bruyne. Eventually, you're going to be on the end of one. No, even right in front of the goal with no keeper. Like, you can stay on side. No, you're telling That's me you don't think you'd actually score one. No, one you at all. You played in 50 or 60 games with Man City players. I am not stupid enough to think that... Like, who's the, who is possibly the slowest centre-back? Right, Tim Ream. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Ream. Tim Ream makes me look... He makes me look like a slug. Like, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing up there against Tim Ream. You think I'm scoring a goal? It doesn't matter how quick Kevin De Bruyne is running and putting in the cross. Oh, okay, I'm not on the end of them. So if you put someone like, uh, listen to the pod, Richard Worrell, up top. He's not scoring one either. No, because really? he'll pass every time. Yeah, okay, fine. What about Mike? My, oh, Mike's scoring a few because he's no. good. No, look, look. Mike... You, I feel like you'd be with me on this. Mike's not scoring one either. I'd, no, I'd back him to this, score at least like three lads, or four lads. over the season. Yeah, Mike could get three or four. Anyone, <laughs> you guys are deluded. No, but I'm, I'm just not about the tap-ins. Yeah, they, Eventually, De Bruyne's going to put in a ball across the box, which you actually can't miss. But, but Mike's intelligent enough where he would get that. And he actually has a, like a lads, technical lads, ability. Lads, lads, no. No, none of us are. Do you know how difficult it is? I know no, how no, I do. I do. That's that's. Uh, yes, obviously. Christ, well, I wouldn't even saying. get near a. God, if a Solly or Moore's player turned no, up to no, the if you're asking uh, me. six aside, they put us on the floor. I know how hard this any standard is, but Ross has a point. There's going to be an open goal gaping for someone in a city shirt. Anyone who plays there, yeah, that, that's, what that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Raheem Sterling. Has made a superb career out of putting him into the player. open goals at the back. No, he is. No, he is. Good player, but, but a lot of Ross his goals have been him sticking him into the going, net. Again, because again, be. because he he knows where to be and he has the physical attributes to get there. Yeah, I'm saying I back Mike to get there yeah. three or four times. Because <laughs> he he just would. Oh, he just would. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he would not. No just because of, of City and the chances they create, uh, it just would happen. 
No. Look, Harlan's no. going to end up with like 50. He would absolutely not. I mean, for his look, thing. Look, over under, like two. I've got Premier League goals for Mike playing for Man City. I'm going over. He's getting three. Tomorrow he's been sent off. Pens of Chelsea. Anyway, um, quickly, gents. Run off the rails here. Here's what. No. And we, we've stumbled away from the best question, which is. Let's take the best players. Someone find. Have any of you ever seen the film Rock, the seminal film Rocky Balboa, the one where Sylvester Stallone comes out of retirement at twenty, uh, like seventy-four, and fights the champion? Because ESPN did a video game in which Rocky Balboa beats him, and he was like, "I can't have this." So he challenges Sylvester Stallone to a fight. It's a better film than I've sold it on. Either way, what I want to see, someone out there, listener, I want you to create a computer simulation where we put the best strikers in world history as Chelsea's number nine from the year um, 2016 through to now. I want to see R9. And I'm telling you, not a single one of them gets more than six goals a season. You could put Henri there and he would forget. He would... But that's just not true. <laughs> it's, it's true. Not no, true. It's true. You don't understand how cursed this shirt is. No, it's oh. not. It's just the players you've put in oh, the shirt. No, Henri would get four goals, Ross. He'd forget uh, he was from. No, no, no. He'd no. He'd think he was on Zoom. Look, look at the players he <laughs> won nine. Right, Barata, objectively yeah, not not a great player. He sucks. Like, let's be honest. Did Shevchenko wear nine? Yeah, he did. Because he was over the hill when you signed him, no matter how good he had been. <laughs> yeah. No, and was look, probably. Crespo he probably was scored a prime. few goals anyway. Crespo was in his prime. Crespo was How much was he a disaster? In terms of not scoring at all. Was it Crespo all right? I'm sure he was, wasn't he? I would never, in a million years, call Hernan Crespo a disaster in anything in life. Um, uh, like Torres was already already the, going down before you signed him. They're just bad signings. Lukaku? You've given the number nine shirt to. It's not Lukaku? a cursed I mean, shirt. Lukaku Werner. Lukaku was not a signing that fitted the profile of what Chelsea should have been. That was a bad signing, again, that you've just given <laughs> number nine to. Look, this is what I'm saying, Ross. I feel like I feel like the only way to settle this temporary transfer for Haaland later this season when we're in the last stages of the Champions League. Let's get him over here. Let's just see what he can do. Well, the the last uh, six foot load of Mbappe. <laughs> give me the number nine. That'll finish it off. Project Mbappe. Honestly, if Mbappe came to Chelsea and was terrible with the number nine on, I don't know what I'd actually do. Oh uh, well, firstly, I would. I mean, Hasselbank could do it. That's could all I'm going to say. But, Graham Potter needs a striker. We've been saying this for God knows how many years. I mean, if they give him Mbappe, they have him. It was Danny Welbeck. Well, they were great with Danny Welbeck. Called Neil Mortai guy. Does he ever? No, he's terrible. Does he ever lose a game again with Mbappe? Does he ever lose a game again? I don't think so. He's got skin fade now and all. And the like, beard. Ch- Chelsea with with Welbeck, dangerous team. Um, you with opinions, dangerous. Anyway, uh, look, they were a good. Fair play. This is really in the trenches at this point. I feel like I'm in the trenches. Trench foot. Good lord. Um, Ross, if the people want to keep up with you <laughs> hear more of your nonsense, where can they do that? At Ross underscore bird fourteen on Twitter. Dave, if the people want to follow you, find out more about stuff, where can they do that? Uh it's uh Mike would definitely score for Man City this season. <laughs> yeah. You see, it's no good asking Mike on this. Because he'll say that. No, because Mike's sensible. No, but but you're wrong. Well, 
I, I'm really thinking he would back himself. Can we one can we get a uh, poll out on the in and around, <laughs> in and around pod Twitter account? Have you not got a lo- have you not got the login? No, I wouldn't uh, have to set up a poll even uh, if right, it's, I had the it's, login. Uh, it, the password is probably a little bit like Boolaroo's died. Uh, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, mate. Uh, Boolaroo's has got a few for C. I tell you what, I need a Carl in Boola snooze in a minute. Um, right, you can follow my gap, Mikey Breslin, and you can tell him if he scored a goal. Uh, you can follow me at Wilhunt17 and you can tell me if you think that uh, as City's right back, I could play a down the line pass. The answer's yes. Um, <laughs> if you've got any questions for us, in the lab pod at gmail.com. you've got any questions for us on the socials, it's in the There we go, Well, Put it in the chat. Mike has replied. Despite no eyes, by the way, you must have a Braille keyboard. Um, <laughs> he has replied saying, oh yeah, for sure. There we go. Good score. He is he's got no eyes when well, he's still putting it away with a... Uh, deluded. Deluded, deluded. on the ball. I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I'm changing the over-under on Mike's goals to to four. <laughs> it's ludicrous. Right. Um, I, I'll, I'll get out of here because Chelsea are 1-up next to a J5 penalty. I mean, that's the one thing Mikel couldn't do. Um, right. Until next time. Sayonara. Good stuff, Ross. Look at you, jumping into the fray. I'll save a little. <laughs>